everybody. Welcome to Reproducibility in a somewhat awkwardly set up uh, short recording. Um, I am joined only by Amy. Hello there. Um, Sophia is unfortunately busy today. We've had a bit of issue with recording lots of this. Um, well, that's but, because you know, like you... two people are moving we're, and starting new PhDs and new academic years, and it's all super hectic, isn't it? So I'm glad yeah. we're on recording now. Yes, we were. Uh, we were lucky to manage to find a time for even two of us. It's been crazy, but like a, a very yeah, understandably crazy time. Um, so this short recording is just to. Give some ideas about uh, starting your own uh, reproducibility journal club, or indeed any kind of journal club. I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be under under our kind of merch. Um, so, I guess if we maybe start off, Amy, by giving a bit of an overview about why we started reproducibility in the first place. Um, and then we also have a short interview with two special guests um, to give their experiences about starting their own journal clubs. Um, so, a- Amy, wh- why did we do this in the first place? Um, yeah, I think there are like almost as many stories about how we started reproducibility as kind of there are reproducibility journal clubs now, which I think, as I'm counting, there are 34 journal clubs um, in many different countries. Um, Yeah, well, um, I'm really excited we're making this episode because I think everybody starts a journal club or a reproducibility journal club for a different reason. But I think, well, a funny way to say why we started the journal club is that uh, we had a pun and we had to make something to fit the pun. So that's kind of the funny side. And then naturally there's a bit more serious side as well. Um, but we can start with a funny one first. So, um, if I remember correctly, and my memory is really bad, I was at a, uh, workshop about open science, um, in Cumberland Lodge, which is near Windsor, so just out of side of London, um, in January, oh god, January 2018, or no, it must have been March 2018, somewhere, um, <laughs> spring 2018, um, and I was talking to some people and somehow came up with this pun called reproducibility with uh the drink tea at the end and we thought that was kind of really cool if we could name something after that or an event um and the workshop was all about motivating early career researchers to do better research practices so I came home feeling really motivated and I think we were all really lucky because at that time it wasn't just me and you, Sam, at Oxford, but Sophia was also on a research visit. And I don't know how we actually ended up in my living room <laughs> with cheap beers, uh, planning a journal club. Can, can you remember? I don't, I think we just had a generic let's, let's get together and like whinge and we managed to turn it into something very positive. Yeah. Like I think, I think we wanted to do something and we wanted to do something that was easy. Um, it was definitely only a week or so before the new term started and, and yeah, so the, um, so we were, we were just trying to kind of create more of an open science feeling in the department. We've, 
was it the term before that we'd gotten really annoyed at the department for saying that they're pro open science and not really doing a lot? Uh, I don't, don't know. It was some time around then that we were told we complained about open science in the department. We got told we should just set something up ourselves, <laughs> um, and then that kind of disappointment slash frustration merged with a good name, and then a group of people who really wanted to do something. And Sophia's, we can't forget to mention Sophia's great Photoshop skills and making us a lovely logo. And yeah, and then we were just sitting in my living room planning the kind of eight different journal club weeks. We So one journal club for eight weeks because our terms were eight weeks long. Um, and that all started there. And then at the end of those eight weeks, we already kind of decided that we would want to do a podcast and I think we already had interest in, in Cambridge at that point, so it was already spreading a bit. Uh, but yeah, from the very beginning, we made a, everything openly accessible on the OSF, and and it was really just, yeah, three ECRs who kind of felt like they had to do something, and yeah, getting a good logo and a good name and, and just rolling with it. At least that's my, my kind of take looking back. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Um... Uh, so we had the kind of open science reproducibility summer school a couple of weeks back and I gave a short talk there, which the the big take home from me reproducibility related um, was kind of how amazed I am that what started off as us sort of initially having a bit of a whinge, but then also trying to figure out like what's the minimal thing that we can do, what's the minimal thing that in some ways that we're allowed to do um, mm -hmm. because making widespread let's change everything at once can always be quite difficult as a as an ECR. Um, but what kind of started off as just a journal club, just trying to get five or six people in the same room to talk about, I don't know, false positive psychology and the manifesto for reproducible science has sort of grown into this um, kind of wider reaching thing that's brought together so many people. I, I, I never thought that we would actually end up with other journal clubs and kind of doing a lot of outreach to help other people organize things. And, and yeah, uh, it's, it's amazing what can be started from what was essentially a, what's the, what's the smallest thing that we can possibly do that no one can object to. Yeah, well, because I think, but then I think it, it hits a nerve because I think a lot of ECRs really want to change things or they want to do things better. And we always get told, oh, you just need to go through this and this committee or talk to this and this person. And in the end, it's just, it takes years and we never really got anywhere uh, through the official route. And so, yeah, kind of the the journal club allowed us to do something bypassing all of those rules and regulations and things that kind of take time and need to be approved and instead do something that is dirt cheap um and really just builds community um so yeah i think i think i'm also i'm really happy how it's been spreading and i keep on kind of uh updating my targets because I think three weeks ago I still had in a document that I aimed that by the end of this academic year we'd be 40 journal clubs and <laughs> now we're 34 <laughs> so um, yeah I'll be so so maybe my uh, estimate has gone up uh, but I think what's also nice is that it's really just 
a logo and a name and a community. You know, we have a really nice Slack community of all the organizers online and everybody can do what, what they want with it. You know, if you do a journal club every year and just one session because your department is very small or, you know, it takes, you don't have a big regular group, then that's fine. If you want to do it virtually, we're getting our first virtual journal club, then that's fine. If you, um, want to combine it with your lab group journal club or lab group meetings and that's fine as well if you want to do it for just one department or for many departments you know you're welcome and i i think that the flexibility is also really nice um that yeah it's it just adjusts to what the certain ecr wants to accomplish through that and it gives it a bit of legitimacy as well you're not kind of that random person in your department who you you are a bigger group as well so yeah i think what i've really liked is seeing people use that flexibility so so some of the journal clubs have kind of made a lot of use of having uh kind of more senior figures or external speakers coming in quite regularly some journal clubs have ended up having kind of a more kind of workshop based sessions um so that people can kind of really take away kind of new things. Um, in Oxford, we've kind of largely kept to the fairly standard journal club, but this term we're going to be having a, a kind of pre-registration drop-in the week after we talk about um, pre-registration papers so that people can come in with either specific questions or kind of topics for discussion, and we can actually try and kind of actively help one another. Mm. as well as kind of talk about um, best practices and reasons why we should be kind of engaging in this. And I think that's going to be something that we, we kind of do pushing, pushing forward. Um, but it's, it's nice that it's such a flexible thing. You can very much make it your own in any way that you like, um, but still with that community support. Yeah, and I think because we're getting more and more different countries and different fields involved, you know, every every field and every department and every group has a different environment and there are different stages, they need different things. Um, and so it's going to be important to have that adaptation and we'll probably see types of reproducibilities that we haven't ever thought of before. So I'm very excited for what there is to come. But I think if we boil down the message here is that, you know, we set up this journal club because we wanted something easy to do because we were fed up with just waiting around, sitting in committees and, and hoping that somebody else would make our, you know, take our concerns forward. And so it's really nice to see that other people have been doing that in their own ways. Um, and that reproducibility seems to be a nice vehicle to help kickstart that process. And a lot of emails I get say things along the lines of, I wouldn't have, you know, I, I wouldn't have felt confident enough to set this up without having that community behind me or, um, you know, is it okay if I do the journal club, but only once every four months? And, and you know, the, the answer naturally is yes. Uh, and you'll be supported by loads of other journal clubs around the world um, through our kind of community. So, so yeah, setting it up should, should be really, really easy. Um, and you can set it up in however way, shape or form you want. 
Yeah, I guess that's probably the perfect segue into um, a quick chat that me and Sophia had with uh, Jade and Angelica, who have set up their own reproducibility journal clubs, mainly to give uh, our listeners a bit of a, a clearer idea about what it's like in other places, because you hear us drone on about Oxford maybe too much. Um, and it'd be good to hear from other people. So we'll cut to that just now and return shortly. Uh, hi, uh, hi, everybody. We're talking to a couple of special guests who are running their own reproducibility journal clubs. Um, welcome to both of you. Oh, uh, Sophia's also here talking. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Um, so we're talking to two special guests that have organized their own journal clubs um, to try and get a picture about kind of what happens beyond Oxford, because a lot happens beyond Oxford, and I'd like to hear more about it. Um, so maybe uh, if we could take it in turns, uh, we'd like to hear kind of who you are, where you're organizing the journal club, and kind of why you started it in the first place. Um, so purely by alphabetical order, um, Angelica, could we hear from you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, I'm uh, Angelica. I'm a PhD student from the University of Amsterdam. And I started organizing the Reproducibility uh, Journal Club together with Sophia and uh, Florian Wanders uh, last year. No, actually, uh, this year, beginning of this year. Um, <clears throat> and, um, well, I think it started off with... Um, Sophia, who made this really good experience in Oxford with uh, the Journal Club. So she um, just told us, hey, this could be a great idea to export it to Amsterdam. <laughs> and um, yeah, so um, what we usually what we want to do with it is just to connect people and who like to discuss about open science and um, have a more open format, I guess, um, than what is usually offered by our local open science committee, um, who mostly organizes talks and um, workshops, for example. Um, yeah, and so far we've had, I think, uh, six sessions and discussed like a various range of papers. Um, yeah. Anything Excellent. particular that you want to know? Um, I guess maybe if maybe if Jade could give us an overview of kind of how things are going uh, with her journal club, and then we'll kind of open it okay. up. Okay. Um, so I'm Jade Pickering. I co-organised the Reproducibility Journal Club at the University of Manchester. Um, we started it in I think it was February 2019. Um, we were already aware of reproducibility as a podcast and the journal club that was in Oxford, but Amy um, came to the Advanced Methods for Reproducible Science workshop that was held um, at Cumberland Lodge in Windsor in January, and she was talking a bit about reproducibility there and saying, you know, uh, that it might be cool if more um, universities started their own club, um, and I think. Uh, the UK Research Network were kind of supporting that as well. Um, but there's, there wasn't that much of an open science presence at the University of Manchester. Um, there were sort of little pockets around the university, but nothing that was really pulling people together. So we started an open science working group under the UKRN umbrella. And as part of that, we decided to start a reproducibility 
journal club, um, mostly to pull together the early career researchers across the university, um, because it can be quite it can be quite isolating to be kind of in the open science reproducibility uh, movement, I guess. Um, but not having that sort of network. And I think the most important thing about reproducibility is that network that you create. So, we, yeah, we've been running since February. We have a few regular attendees. We were running it every two weeks, but we've gone down to every month because that was a bit too much to manage. Um, but it's going pretty well. Awesome. That's so good to hear. Um, so you you both talked about um, community and also about the sort of the, the ECR aspect of this. Um, have you found that this this has been helpful? So you've I mean you've both been um, running this for a couple of months now. Um, and so has this has this been successful, so to say? Like well, I mean obviously you can't maybe say that entirely yet, but um, has it been helpful? I think um, um, has it achieved what you wanted it to achieve? Basically, sorry. Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't say we're there yet with what we want to achieve. I think one of the best things has been we've had members from all different departments and different faculties, um, which has been really interesting. So hearing perspectives from biostatisticians, for example, um, research software engineers has been super valuable um, to get out of the kind of psychology bubble. And it's nice to kind of we don't really do much communication, I don't think, with other departments. And I think that kind of, that network across departments has been the best thing for us at Manchester. Um, That's really cool. Do, do you find that at all, um, Angelica, that your kind of journal clubs go across departments? Well, actually, we're still um, struggling a bit with recruiting people from different departments. So our journal club is still mostly psychologists, but what I've found interesting and helpful also is um, we started having more uh, participants who are graduate students, who also, um, some of them are also um, part of our uh, student um, initiative for open science. And um, it's interesting to connect uh, with, the, like, with the master's students as well and um, include them more in the process. So, so have like, um, a better connection between um, PhD students and um, master's students on open science topics. I think that's uh, quite nice. Um, we've had a couple of visitors from um, well, other departments, other universities, but I think um, the core of our um, reproducibility um, journal club uh team is still um, mostly psychologists. Um, yeah, it just happened to be so. Um, but it, I, th I think it's still worth um, like for connecting and um, even within psychology, you don't know everyone and um, yeah, exchange. It's, you can also still exchange ideas and within this framework. Nice. Um, I guess for, for a little bit of additional context, could you both give an idea about uh, like roughly the standard kind of number of people that come along to each each journal club. Uh, we we have probably maybe seven or eight per session. Uh, it, again, it, it really does depend. Um, often it depends on how prompt we are with uh, circulating the information. Um, 
but we have a few people that come quite regularly, um, often have a couple of new people pop up, but recruitment has been quite difficult. We do advertise on the University Open Science mailing list, um, which has quite a few number, quite a few people from around the university. But yeah, I'd say seven or eight. Uh, so for us, um, I think usually it's about 10 uh, people who come along, um, but not like um, it differs per session. And um, so I think uh, we've got an, a mailing list with about um, 20, 25 participants. Um, so yeah, there is a bit of fluctuation. So I guess I'm, I'm curious for your journal club in particular, because uh, from, from your description, it sounds like there's like, there's already quite a lot already happening in terms of kind of open reproducible research um, at, in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'm curious where you see uh, the journal club kind of fitting into that, because I think a lot of other people's experiences are more that the journal club is kind of the only thing really happening. Well, um, so I I'm just really curious. Yeah, I think we are really lucky in that aspect. <laughs> so um, actually, uh, we, so we have a, a university-wide open science um, community um, that was founded about at the same time as the Journal Club. Um, and we've got a student initiative for open science, which also got founded, I think, um, yeah, in uh, mid, mid this year. Um, so there are quite a f especially in psychology, there are quite a f quite a few um, people who are interested in open science. Well, I guess it's it's, it's nice because in the, in the Netherlands, it's it's sort of uh, it seems to come from from all angles. Yeah. the kind of support for open science. Um, not that not that that's super different um, in the UK and in Germany, but I always get the feeling that it's a little bit more. I don't know. More comprehensive. In the UK or. Uh... No, like, no, more, more comprehensive in the oh, Netherlands. Yeah. So, like, isn't it the yeah? I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I used to be in in Munich, Ooh, and um, there we also had a very active open science community, um, which was mostly led by Felix Schoenfeld. And I think it's so. From my experience, it mostly. Um, depends on some really active individuals who organize a lot of events and other um yeah supporting structures nice are you, are you finding or are you both finding that um the journal clubs are kind of largely early career researchers that tend to come along or is it quite sort of well represented across career stages um, so for us, it's mostly early careers researchers, um, definitely. Um, I don't uh, know about others. Yeah, in, in Manchester, it's mostly early career researchers, a um, few PhD students, a few postdocs. Um, we do have a couple of master's students as well, which is great, I think. Um, but we don't nice. have all that much representation from more senior faculty. We'd like to improve that, though. Yeah, I guess that's... Yeah, I imagine that's kind of common. Um, mm. Kind of get that that yeah. perception from a lot of... Or that any of the senior people I talk to, that anything that could 
approximate another meeting feels like another meeting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it also just takes a lot of time reading the papers um, that senior faculty might not have. So it's not only a meeting, it's also you, if you want to attend a journal club, you probably also want to read the paper um, that is discussed. (laughs) So um, there. Yeah, that's true. So, so for the first for the first couple of meetings in Amsterdam, we even had um, oh yeah <laughs> um, university joining right yeah so there there was this uh, an open science officer <laughs> uh, who joined for for one session I think um, <laughs> yeah and supported us but I mean I wonder is it is it maybe um, particularly useful that this is uh, you know for one reason or another um, that that these journal clubs tend to have an ECR focus. Um, so as in not just that they're organized by ECRs, but also that they're mostly attended by ECRs. Mm, as in, like, I think could that be definitely, beneficial? Yes. Um, um, I think you probably just discuss in a different way among just uh, early career researchers. Um, and it can also act as, yeah, a, a little bit of career support, I guess. Um, but which doesn't mean that, so if, I think if, um, yeah, senior academics wanted to join, I think they could also make very, uh, valuable contributions and, um, yeah, it could also help. I think there is, um, I think there is a particular value in having these journal clubs be more, uh, catered whether intentionally or just um, naturally uh, catered towards ECRs um, it's like like I said it's nice to have that sort of it's nice to have a sense of community um, and I think for ECRs that's probably quite a different sense of community we're kind of we're in a different stage of our careers where we're trying to move forwards um, but the incentive structures are going against us it's nice to kind of have that support network I think just outside of discussing the paper I don't, yeah, I don't know about um, your journal clubs, but but ours definitely. We we don't we, we usually start talking about paper, but it usually ends up being a broader conversation, um, usually about our own experiences, and we kind of usually go off on a tangent somewhere. Because I think people just like having having that space to discuss the things that are important to them, things they've been worrying about, uh, things they've seen. Um, I think it's just a good a good opportunity for all these people to sort of come together and share these ideas um, and get get that support network going. Uh, yeah, and to vent a little bit, kind of. Uh, I, I remember, yes. especially in, um, <laughs> yeah, at, at the very beginning of um, of the Oxford Journal Club, I think like a lot of time was sort of actually taken up by. Uh, so if, like we started with the paper, and then it would um, just turn into this general. Um, uh, yeah, well, rant seems seems too negative. Just the like, exchange about um, yeah, experiences. a place to air all of your sort of grievances and challenges that are specific to open science, um, and particularly in central yeah, challenges, right? Yeah, it's kind of it's all challenges. It's almost like a positive. therapy session. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sort of a group therapy session. Nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I've, I think, I've also found that um, that that's been one of the reasons why why these journal clubs have been really helpful. Um, 
Yeah, I think, um, oh yeah. Have you had any particular best moments in a journal club? <laughs> I don't know if we've necessarily had anything that would qualify as a best moment. Um, <laughs> there have been there have been times where um, someone has revealed a magical piece of information that the rest of us weren't aware of, a service that the university provides to help us with open science that we just didn't know existed because we're in a different department. Huh. And if we get to share these little tidbits of information from different corners of the university, which is really strange, um, apparently there's statistical consultancy here. <laughs> Who knew? That's very helpful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's very obvious. Objectively useful. <laughs> nice. It's just it's strange. It's strange to think how many other things are, that are available around the university to help us that we just don't know about because we're just not talking to the right people. Yeah, it's okay. A classic sort of inter, um, interdisciplinary uh, problem, I guess. Yeah. So like lack of yeah. Uh, work. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. We do get some know. open science revelations. Yeah, I think which was quite actually nice. for for me like. Personally, um, I think the best moment was after uh, we discussed um, a paper um, by, um, it was, I think I can say that. <laughs> um, it was by uh, Berna Deviser. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry. Um, so, and we, we posted something, so something mm. about it on Twitter and she just answered our question. So we had like a discussion about uh, the paper in the journal club and then um, we were left with some open questions. And um, so we thought it, w it might be nice to um, uh, to post them on Twitter as well. And um, so she just answered the questions from her perspective as an author. And so we, we really got in touch with the author of one of the papers. And um, I think that was a really nice experience because it... You, you talked about the sense of community before, and um, this was probably the time when um, the like, community spread even um, across universities. So I think, yeah, that that was probably my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah, that's really nice. It's a combination of reputability as a community and then sort of the wider yeah, yeah, open yeah. science yeah. Twitterverse. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, oh, so we nice. did have something yeah. similar as well. I, I apologize to the authors. I cannot remember who wrote the paper or who was speaking to us, but we had a similar thing. There was just something in the paper that we just couldn't quite grasp. And we were feeling a bit stupid because none of us could work it out. So I think I asked on Twitter how the authors, and they got back to us before the end of the session. Um, so yeah, we've had a similar thing. It's really yeah. nice to be able to kind of, it's nice to be able to connect with these people almost live as we're chatting and, you know, have the authors yeah, included yeah. in the discussion in some way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We need to put that, we need to add that into the starter packs for reproducibility, sort of the um, the value of, <laughs> of using social media as you go at the same time. Tag the authors. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's really, for, really for us, it wasn't even um, oh, like great. use of social media like during the session, it was just afterwards. And I think um, that was actually also a nice experience because the, the discussion sometimes like just continued um, from like even even outside the journal, journal club. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, like a starting point to then, yeah. Yeah, so the journal club was just a starting point and then the discussion continued for a while. And I thought that was a really nice experience. 
Yeah, because it's like uh, yeah, because like sort of generally like these journal clubs are a really nice um, excuse to um, yeah to to engage with uh, with maybe papers that you might not usually engage with, but that are very interesting and um, yeah, very important, yeah. especially at the moment. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe. I think. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we've had some journal club discussions that have prompted further questions, and we've kind of. We're kind of taken to Twitter to try and find out uh, what the answers to those questions might be, what thoughts people have. So it does kind of, I think, prompt more long-term discussions. And I think definitely there are a lot of things that I know from the other members of the reproducibility journal clubs that I just wouldn't have known had we not come together and then had that discussion going forwards and opening the discussion up to Twitter. Yeah, that can be really helpful. Um, yeah, nice. Thank you so much for your um, so like for, for for sharing these these little stories. I mean, is there is there anything sort of that you've and any sort of burnings and well, can't be a question. So like any anything that you really want to share, <laughs> um, possibly with people who, you know, maybe are thinking about starting a journal club or um, who've just heard about this and are like, what is going on? I think. Um, well, maybe like I think how is one, like, how, one oh, yeah, sorry, thing. Yeah. I would like to share is that um, at the beginning I thought it would be a lot of effort, <laughs> um, but it actually isn't at all. So um, just getting it started and everything. The only thing is it's it's really very low key, and that, this is also something I like about the initiative. Um, so you, the only thing you need is a room and a couple of people, and the rest just comes from itself because people just people who are interested in uh, reproducibility journal club usually already have a couple of papers they would like to read. So uh, paper suggestions just, at least in our case, just come yeah. from uh, the participants uh, at the end of each meeting. Um, and so there's, right now, I feel like there's essentially no organizational effort at all um, that is connected to this journal club. Um, and you just so and on the other side you have these really great experiences great discussions um and a sense of community among uh early career res researchers who are interested in open science topics and i think um it's just a really nice um yeah you get a lot of um benefits from it uh, for just very little organizational effort yeah, I agree. So low effort, high reward. Yeah. High reward, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, at the like, yeah, exactly as you said at the beginning, it seemed like it would be a lot of effort. But actually, once you've got a room booked and you know you've got your first couple of papers selected, you, it kind of just happens a bit more naturally from there. Um, and you guys have already done a lot of the work. You've given us lists of papers that we could use in discussion so if nobody has any suggestions we just go to that list um and i think even if only a few people come i think that's still really valuable um you can have really good discussions with only a few people especially you know coming from different perspectives um i think the range of views um, is particularly important and I have gained a lot out of it just from being a participant um, never mind being an organiser uh, I think it's 
I think it's really kind of helped helped me connect to the community more broadly. Um, and I think that's important. So I, I, I guess if anyone is thinking of setting up their own journal club and has any kind of hesitation over it, I would say just 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 try. Because there's also like kind of the the organisers of each journal club are now coming together more as well. So we've got more sort of organisation at a higher level, which is really helping. Um, so the organisers can all support each other. So it's not a case of you set up a journal club in isolation and you know, you panic and there's no support. We're kind of all here sharing ideas, um, which I think is great. Yeah. And yeah, one fantastic. thing... I'm so glad to hear that. And, and one additional thing, I think, is that... Um, so what we've experienced is that word is just spreading. So um, at, the, at the beginning, we were very few people, but now we are experiencing that uh, the Journal Club just keeps growing as new people um, join and um, hear about it and hear about the positive experiences people have made. And um, yeah, people just, everyone tells their friends essentially. <laughs> so now we've got a bigger community and um, without even doing a lot of advertisement. I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. Sort of that, you, yeah, that you're advertising for yourself by just being interested. <laughs> um, yeah, thank, thank, yeah, thanks so much. I mean, I guess one one sort of final question, and I'm not sure if there's a good answer to this, but um, like, what, what if like if there's anything, um, what what do you think makes this journal club like this kind of journal club format different to to others? I think probably the context of the journal club. So you might have journal clubs that are about um, a specific um, line of research or part of a particular lab. But I think because this is much bigger than that, it's, I don't know, um, because it's kind of the, the thing that brings everyone together as a community rather than a particular piece of research. I'm losing my train of thought here, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think I think I think it is the context that makes it um, different. There are much bigger issues, and there are extremely important issues as well. And it's good to just have that opportunity to air those thoughts out with like-minded people. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think what I would add is that. Um, so the, the journal club doesn't stand alone. So as Jade already said, um, you already always have the support. And if you, um, most of our articles are quite recent. So if we some, don't understand something, we can just ask the authors, <laughs> which is more. <laughs> and um, we also have the community support. So um, um, when there's an organizational problem or something, um, we've got a Slack channel. So everyone uh, can just, yeah communicate and um i think um that is nice and something that maybe differs from other journal clubs yeah definitely i mean i'm now in charge of sort of the community building aspect of reproducibility at the higher level and we have just um sent out a survey to all of the journal clubs that were already formed up until 
one or two weeks ago, um, kind of getting ideas of how how each journal club has set themselves up, what barriers they might have run into, what went well, what didn't go so well, and then we can kind of come together and provide more assistance for anyone that is setting a journal club up, um, kind of figure out the best way to go about it and make sure that there is that sense of community. Yeah, that's really helpful as well. So, and I think I think that that sort of that higher level um, community that has uh, started to build mm-hmm. from all of these journal clubs that have started, um, thanks. To, yeah, thanks to organizers um, like you, as uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really really helpful in the future as well. Um, well, thank you, thank you both so much for sharing thank your you experience for with us. us. Um, we're not going to sort of keep keep you longer. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks so much and. Um, Yeah, Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. You are listening to Reproducibility, serving you discussion of important issues in science and psychology, one mug of tea at a time. Do you like the taste of our podcast? Give us a follow on Twitter at Reproducibility, rate us on iTunes, and tell other early career researchers about us. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter or via our email address, which is reproducibility at gmail.com. Over the next weeks, we will also release some speciality flavors, small podcast episodes talking to a wide range of psychological researchers, especially awesome ECRs that we want you to meet. If you have someone you think should come on the show, send us a message. Well, that was really interesting to listen to. Um, I think that the, yeah, it just shows that every person's experience setting up a journal club is different and it's. I really hope that we have more of these episodes talking to people all around the world who set up different types of reproducibility. It's really nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, the, how, what to say. Um, I guess, I guess what, what I did want, what I think would be nice to mention here is that um, reproducibility naturally was started in in my living room by Sam, Sophia and I and and then we spun out the the podcast but I think now it's so much more than that and we now have a a kind of core team that helps organize all the organizatory things about reproducibility um got Jade who is who we just talked to um is on there but also Katie Drax and Matt Jackery um who've been helping set up things like the website we have surveyed um different members of the reproducibilities to see how we can better support them we've got a very active slack channel and we're really rolling out hopefully loads of different ways in which we can support people setting up reproducibilities and also help each other through kind of difficulties that are bound to crop up on the way. Um, Not being able to recruit enough people, people not turning up, um, not knowing what papers to set. All these are problems that loads of people experience along the way. And, And I think now I see part of our responsibility is kind of providing that support so that reproducibility can grow but also that the the journal clubs are well supported and and well connected and so we can learn from each other and support each other yeah it's kind of much more than just the the individual journal club it's kind of the wider the wider community that you kind of engage with is very much my take home from from this whole experience um 
Yeah, and, and community matters. So if any of our listeners have ideas on how we can make things better, um, how we can make it easier to set up a journal club, if you have thought about it and decided against it, because of a certain reason, do just let us know. We, we want to improve and we want to make sure that people can participate in this um, very widely from different types of universities, different types of fields, different levels of, of kind of seniority, etc. cetera. Uh, so I think we just generally would love to, to hear your comments on this as well. Yeah. Sounds like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, the more feedback that we get, the better, the more communication there is. Like the, the whole thing should be an ongoing discussion. And I think, um, I think that's, that's kind of what reproducibility is all about in the end. It's, it's bringing people together. It's, creating discussions about topics that maybe we've always been thinking about and in, and in the back of our minds we have those niggling doubts about is this actually the right way to do things or you know this isn't really how it's supposed to work is it and and reproducibility journal clubs allow ECRs to talk to each other and actually gain support for for those thoughts that we all have about that things aren't all perfect here <laughs> um, but then our generation if we don't fix it we're going to live in a scientific landscape and work in a scientific landscape for whether we stay or go but it will exist for our whole entire lives um, and that's still a long time hopefully so so yeah it, it's a real chance to to really bring together and kind of think about change and, and press for change from the bottom up um so yeah i think i think that's just really important going forward perfect um if you do want to join or start your own journal club send us a message we will do everything that we can to support you um look on our website it's now reproducibility.org um uh, and yeah reproducibility.org yep. has both a list of all the different journal clubs it has um a link to our OSF where you can download the logo and you can look at all the different journal clubs, um, kind of what, what papers they discuss and what materials they share openly. Um, it has a link to our podcast, which naturally you don't need cause you're listening to it. Um, and it also has details how to get involved. Um, and then once you sign up via an email, we then automatically set you up with a website um and you become part of our slack group and you even get some cool stickers on the way so um yeah please do join if you're interested <laughs>